We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the NBA Front Office Show. We are here for the shortest day of the year, December 21st. May not be the shortest show of the year. I don't think so. We've got a lot to get through. We've got a lot to get through, Keith. But it is the shortest day of the of the year as we are officially kicking off winter. Keith, it always feels weird to me that we're like, like I've been in winter mode like ever since the calendar officially flipped to December. I'm like, okay, it's winter. But it's not technically winter, which is always strange to me. Yeah, I hear you. It feels like for me that kind of starts like at the least the day after Thanksgiving. But sure. it's yeah, I, I don't know. It's uh yeah, it it feels like winter here in Orlando. It's been cold for like three straight days, which has uh the NBA world that descended upon us here in Orlando for the G League showcase. All are a little like, what in the world is going on here? Why is it so cold in Orlando? So that that's that's been a little little a uh, little bit of fun and them realizing like it does actually get chilly here a little bit. So you know, and then you've got of course the ones from the more northern climates that are like, What are you guys talking about? Like, this is gorgeous. <laughs> this so is fantastic. Yep. Yeah, it's all just part of it, but yeah. It's been, I will say real quick, it's been a really kind of interesting week having everybody kind of down here. There's a definitely, I would not say any trades, you know, coming anytime soon, but there are definitely uh, people who are, you know, engaging in discussions and mm-hmm. all those things that, that go on and all that stuff. So it's a, a fun, uh, fun time period for the league. And boy, did, you know, we, we missed the show yesterday because we were both tied up with a bunch of different stuff. So we're coming today, like you said, shortest day of the year, but we're going to fill a few of those hours, it feels like, with uh, all this NBA news. It won't be quite that long. I'm being, no. being dramatic, but it'll be uh, it, we still got a lot to get into. All right, well, let's start with some Grinchy news here. Mitchell Robinson out for the season. At first, Keith, we talked about this the other day. It was going to be like eight to ten weeks or something like that for Mitchell Robinson. Now, done for the season and he is an absolute force on the glass for the Knicks. This is a big blow. Now, fortunately, thank goodness they've got Isaiah Hardenstein, at least that can still man the middle uh, because Mitchell Robinson is not the only big that is out right now for the Knicks. Yikes. But Robinson is the one that's going to be out for the season. I, I'm really surprised that this was what this ultimately came to when at first this was not the prognosis. Yeah, and the other big, like, we just will touch on it briefly, Jericho Sims, who had been starting because the idea was 
leave Hartenstein in the backup role where he's clearly comfortable. Uh, he, he was playing more minutes than Sims was by a good amount, but it was still just keep him coming off the bench and keep everything kind of in, in our regular rhythm with that. Uh, Sims is out one to two weeks, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Hardenstein did move into the starting uh, lineup in their game last night against the Brooklyn Nets. And then Taj Gibson is back in the fold in New York, back mm-hmm. with Tibbs again. And he's actually playing, and they're going to need him to play now because they, they're not uh, super deep at the five spot for sure. They're guys that they have are pretty good, but they've only got about three uh, real bigs uh, ahead of Gibson. So he's going to be in there. Mitchell Robinson, and part of the reason why this came out, Sean Sharania reported last night that the Knicks are looking for a disabled player exception, which would be yeah. about $7.8 million. It's uh, half his salary. So what happens in that case is that means the player is uh, it, it's like substantially more likely, I believe is the wording in the CBA, to be out for the remainder of the season, and that's like through the middle of June. So uh, big break. Did you see his post on Instagram? about this no i didn't <clears throat> sorry i get a clear my throat i apologize um i didn't get it muted in time he said uh, and i'm paraphrasing a little bit it was basically like you do everything they ask you to do you put all this work into your body and then this happens another wasted season and you can tell he's just completely bummed out about this and you're right i mean this dude is the best offensive rebounder in the league. He's an absolute force on the glass, big time shot blocker, a major key to the Knicks defensive system, which evolves uh, with uh, you know typical of a Tibbs team, get up pressure at the level of the ball and then recover uh, back to help. And he is, uh, you know, doing all those things. So this is a you know, major, major loss for them. Yeah. I mean, uh, terrible to see. And, and again, be interesting what comes out to ex- you know explain why it went from, you know, like an eight to, to, 10 week thing to now done for the season. Um, speaking of eight to 10 weeks though, Tory Craig is out <laughs> eight to 10 weeks. Oh boy. Uh, tis the season for, for injuries, I guess around the NBA. Yeah, definitely. I mean, with Tory Craig too, this one stinks because they really kind of need him in there. Um, you know, where, where he need, they, how do I put this? They just need him like in there with the uh, um, defense that he provides. They, yeah. now that's been the, the tricky part here. Sorry, I was getting a message, so I'm getting distracted uh, here. I got to focus. I got to lock in, Trevor. I need. I, I, I hope it's like some it's, some type of trade buzz or was, something like it that. Was a very stupid question about Orlando. Um, oh. <laughs> somebody wants to know where they should eat. Uh, tonight and that's the question i should have just ignored it but i get got caught anyway <laughs> tory craig they're gonna miss his defense playing really good defense he'd been kind of in and out of the starting lineup a little bit more coming off the bench uh, than anything else and he was one of their key bench guys and this is a bulls team that's playing quite a bit better uh mm-hmm. lately w- without zach levine maybe it's a uh, bill simmons old uh, ewing theory uh coming into play here of yeah, you know, when a team gets better, when they lose a star player, but yeah, I, 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 I really don't know, you know, what they do now. I mean, I don't think you really do much of anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dale and Terry has been getting some minutes. The former first round pick really hasn't been able to crack the rotation in a couple of years. So that's probably where you go with this. If you're the bulls and then Patrick Williams, DeMar DeRozan, they'll play a little bit more. And that's probably the best you can do at this point. 
So while we're on the Bulls, let's talk a little bit about Zach Levine's trade market, which has been described by a few people as non-existent. Um, there is no trade market for for Zach Levine. Uh, Jovan Bua from The Athletic was was mentioning yesterday that, uh, that if the Lakers were interested in trading for, for Zach Levine, they would actually view it as them doing a favor to the Bulls by taking on Zach Levine's contract, which to me suggests that the Lakers see Levine's contract as a negative value. Now, we've talked about this a lot, though. This time of year, everybody's going to have very lopsided ideas on the trade front, so the Lakers can see Levine's contract as, uh, as a negative, and maybe that is simply how they really see it, but it doesn't make sense for them to come off that stance right now here in the in the middle of or getting towards the end here in December. Um, just like Danny Angel wants five picks for Lowry Mark and all that. It's pretty typical of, of this time of year. Uh, and just like the Bulls want multiple first round picks for, for like Alex Caruso. Right. So um, how this trade market develops is going to be really interesting. But I'm curious if this if the Lakers assessment of, of Levine as what I'm taking as a negative value contract, if they believe they would be helping the Bulls by taking his salary off their books, is that how the league also sees Zach Levine's contract? Because that could make things pretty difficult on Chicago in terms of getting a deal done as quickly as they'd like to. Yeah, that's a good question. I I, I think clearly that no one has jumped right in is driven by two things. One, like you said, it's just patience and letting the market develop or mm -hmm. in some cases not develop. And maybe that helps you if you're trying to trade for the player. And then I think the other thing is a bunch of guys only became tradable less than a week ago. So we're, we're only really kind of now getting into uh, the meat of trade season. And we've still got a bunch of guys, especially in the case of the Lakers, as we've talked about, that can't be tradable until uh, about, what, three-ish weeks or so from now yeah. in January 15th. So we're in a spot where it's not surprising at all that we haven't seen a Levine trade. Like, that totally makes sense. I think, uh, you know, anybody who follows this stuff and gets it, like, should understand that. But, yeah, I mean, part of it may be teams may be looking at it very much and saying, yeah, age, injury history contract put it all together and we're just not thrilled at the idea of hey here's a bunch of picks and you know yeah. these tradable players and off we go we may be in a spot where these teams may be looking at it and saying eh, yeah we'll throw you a pick but it's not going to be a great one or we'll give you one of our own if we feel like it's not going to be very good because we'll make a you know good run this season or whatever it is so that's going to be something we'll continue to monitor and i think What's interesting with the Bulls is there becomes a tipping point, too, of do other teams get into the market here? Are there other sellers? And it looks like there's not going to be. I mean, last year it took a long time for sellers yeah. to develop because we didn't have a lot of truly terrible teams. That's not the case this year. There's a bunch of bad teams. And let's just say you're looking for a shooter scorer. A team may say, we can get Boyan Bogdanovich for literally half the cost salary-wise yeah. and probably half the cost trade-wise. Let's just do that because that's just easier. We we don't need Levine. Yes, Levine is a better player in you know almost every measure, but for what it's going to cost salary-wise. Yeah, and, and the long-term commitment. Yeah, and the long-term commitment. Let's just go with a guy like Bogdanovich. And then that, let's just say you know, that Team X takes him. Now they're removed, right? And that becomes a whole thing of, all right, if you're out of the, if they're out, that changes the market. This is not, um, 
you know, they, these are not uh, independent variables, right? These are all things where anything that happens, it sparks off, well, now this changes the math across the league. So that's going to be something that we'll obviously be watching here as well. Yeah, and the fact that the Bulls have been playing so well without him, that doesn't help much either because the Lakers, the Lakers, any other team that maybe would be interested in trading for Zach Levine are going to say, well, how good is the guy really if your team gets better when he's not on the floor? That's, sure. you know, I know I think, I think this is this is going to turn into, and if it hasn't already, one of those classic situations where everybody dumps all over the guy because of his contract. And he's actually a very good basketball player. He's he's good at what he does. Is he worth the contract? No. But what can happen is that analysis bleeds into the analysis of him as a player. I think very most teams in the NBA would happily take Zach Levine on their team. It's the contract that that is going to be the tricky part in terms of negotiating a trade. So um, watching how his market develops is going to be really interesting. And like you said, it's all interconnected to everything else that's going to be happening in the league. If suddenly somebody else pops on the market, up oh, there could go a potential suitor for Zach Levine. I still think he gets moved by the trade deadline, but it certainly doesn't seem like anybody's knocking down Chicago's door to uh, to get anything done. And part of that may be too that he's hurt right now. He's literally he's not playing basketball right now. That obviously can be a big factor. Yeah, we've talked about that. That teams are either going to want to see him on the court just just so it's nothing about evaluating him as a player. Everybody's done that. Everybody knows sure. what Zach Levine is as a player. It's just is he moving okay? Does he look good physically or in lieu of that they're going to want to examine him themselves and it's not you can often teams will you'll hear it reported they waive the physical one sometimes that happens in a salary dump because it's like this guy can't play anymore physically mm -hmm. but we're only really acquiring the contract so we don't care um but you'll also sometimes hear where it's like yeah we know he's got a sprained ankle but we're not worried about it it's only one year left on the deal we feel good about that he'll get out there with Levine, it, it's going to be a case of, no, we got to see it. Um, we got to look at him ourselves because we're committing the next, you know, four seasons to this guy at big, big money. We can't have it come up of, yeah, that foot injury, actually, that's so bad that that's going to cost him 20, 30, 40 games every year. Right. You know, that's that's being caused because of knee problems or whatever it is. So that's, that's going to be something where uh, teams are going to want to look at him themselves or at the very least, see him out on the court and see where it goes. All right, let's jump over to uh, another player who I guess we can question what his trade value is right now. Zion Williamson, his contract has shifted to being a non-guaranteed one. Okay, we I know we talked about a lot of the triggers in the contract when he first signed this thing and that the, the Pelicans have done a lot to try to protect themselves. What's going on? Why is he now on a non-guaranteed deal? Or why have years of his contract converted to being non-guaranteed? Yeah, great, great work by Mike uh, Vorknov from The Athletic on digging this out. This has been a, for people like me, who a large portion of my job is built around this kind of stuff, um, this has been an extremely difficult contract to get the details of. So what Mike was able to, to determine is Zion this year, fully guaranteed. Next season, it's like basically, I'm going to keep it super simple, but it's 50% guaranteed. Uh, so it's about 18-ish million or so for, for next season uh, mm -hmm. for Zion. Then what happens is there are various triggers that can get him there for the final three years. The final three years to 25, 26, 26, 27, 27, 28. 
those are three years, a hundred and call it $126.5 million. That's the slight bit of rounding there, but that's where we're at. So what happens is those final three seasons are fully non-guaranteed. There's no guarantee attached to those. He has weigh-in conditions that he has to meet, uh, various weigh-in conditions that that'll get him to 20%. Then if the prior season, so in uh, the, the first year of that, that is the 25-26 season. So if next year in 24-25, he meets various games played thresholds, then various amounts of it triggered. He can get to another 20%, then another 40%, and then the final 20%. There are also date-based guarantee dates uh, within that too, where if he is on the roster by X date, it will also guarantee. So hmm. there's ways where he can earn back that money in guarantees. Now, this is what's really important with this. He does not actually lose any money unless the Pelicans waive him. We right. talked about this with Joel Embiid way back when, when he was on the, not his current contract, but the one before. We talked about this with um, Jonathan Isaac. These guys' contract numbers, I just said, like Zion's $127 million in the last year of his uh, three, last three years of his deal. Those are because he still gets that money unless the Pelicans waive him or another team. This is all transferable if he's traded or anything like that. So that's really important to note that the only way there would be savings is if he's waived. I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. I can't see a world where the Pelicans or any other team waves him outside of he truly suffers a career ending injury and just cannot play. I was thinking about that. What's the threshold where he becomes a get out of jail free card for a team? Like, let's say you're a team that that signs a player and that player is a terrible value on their contract. Is there a point where Zion Williamson becomes that guy that that the team X with this terrible value contract is telling the Pelicans, "Hey, you eat an extra year of this guy's salary and we'll give you a first too for Zion Williamson and then we'll waive Zion and we'll be and we'll get that off the books." I just I have a hard time seeing that ever happening. Um, you know, he's had his ups and downs this season. You look at the month of December, though, not quite what you would expect, but still 61% from the field, 18 points, 5.5 boards, four assists. A few of those games were blowouts, and so his minutes got limited a little bit. I don't know. I mean, that's look, he's not been this dominant force that we were all expecting him to be. You can certainly question the weight issues and things like that. He looks heavy out on the floor right now. There's got to be some concern there, but he's also not producing to a level to where you you're just saying, well, this this isn't going to work. Let's just let's move on. This is he's got he he just doesn't have it. Um, that's not that's not where we're at with Zion Williamson. So I have a hard time seeing it actually get to that point. And like you mentioned, I have a hard time seeing it get there with the Pelicans. I, I think it would take because the Pelicans have so much invested in him. It would take him being traded somewhere, I think, for, for a team to actually waive him. He would have to go to a team that doesn't have so much invested in Zion for them to go, you know what? Yeah, we'll take him and then cut him loose. I don't think the Pelicans do it. Yeah, it would, and it would have to be in a situation where they were trading with trading for him to do that. To, yeah, because specifically to do that. It, it's like you said, you just went through his numbers to some extent. They're still good. Like, yeah. He, it's our problem right now, collectively, and I'll include myself in this, as fans of the NBA is we had super high expectations because he was the number one overall pick, and then he was so good 
in those initial periods mm -hmm. where he played that that put it the bar was way up here way off camera up here now what's happened is we're we're all struggling to adjust back right to and that was probably a little too high we need to reframe our own expectations yeah. and i get it if people are like well then he shouldn't have a max contract that's fair in that but that's a slightly different conversation it is we are nowhere near well he should just be waived he can't play at all like we're not right. in that situation, even in the slightest. So, so that's the difference, right? Where no team Pelicans or a team he's traded for less, like you said, it was designed to, yeah, we're just doing this so we can get out of another contract or whatever. Nobody's getting him just to dump him. Like, so in a lot of ways, all this stuff doesn't really matter, except the Pelicans are protected. If everything goes mm -hmm. completely to crap, and it all falls apart, they can at least move on and feel like, hey, we tried our best. You didn't get there. Now we're we're going in a different direction. It's it's I think it's in in some ways reflective of our sports media landscape right now, where everything is has to be one extreme or the other. Everything has to be so polarizing. You're either the goat or you're trash, right? Like if, if you don't live live up to those expectations, it's the Ricky Bobby mentality. You're not first, you're last. Because Zion isn't dominating everyone and putting on a dunk contest night in and night out, people are are thinking that he's just he's just done. Now, look, is there cause for concern? Yes, and we've talked about on the show that there's cause for concern with Zion with the weight issues. How long is he going to hold up? Can his knees deal with that? Should he work to to trim down? That's been a conversation around Zion for a long time. What's going on with him in terms of the effort? We've seen games, the game the Pelicans played against my Lakers, where Zion just kind of floated through the game and disappeared and didn't look all that engaged and had to answer a lot of questions after it. But even so, that doesn't mean he's not a player that you want out there on the floor or that he's somebody that is suddenly just going to get cut loose because he can't do anything. This isn't an Anthony Bennett situation where, he, yeah, he was the number one pick, but clearly a mistake was made and he's just not the guy that you thought he was going to be. No, he's still really, really good. He's just not that dominant next tier 1A. He's taking over the league superstar that we were hoping to be. But let's face it, that's a very high bar for anybody to try to reach. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's perfectly put, like, it's just, you know, it's time to start reframing our expectations a little bit and understanding the contract is what it is. There comes a point where continually discussing a player's contract and I'm Mr. Contract and salary cap. It's just an exercise in futility. It doesn't matter. It is what it is. Right. But now we get these details. The Pelicans are protected. If he can't get and stay on the floor there, they, they can figure all this stuff out. But again, only if they waive him and that it just can't be stated enough because it already seen today after this came out where, where people were like, Oh man, Zion's contract is so much better. He's only getting 18 million now. Or he, oh, he has to play in games to make this much money. And you know, now the Pelicans will have cap space that it, that's not how any of that works. These are not bonuses. These are guarantees. It's structured very, very differently. His number is what his number is. Uh, you can see it. You know, if you want to go look in spot track, you can see we've added the details in there as well, uh, based off of Mike's reporting. So you can see that, but it's, you know, just understand it's still, you know, 30 to $40 million per year for him. That's still where the contract sits at. All right, let's get into, well, speaking of, of bigs, uh, the latest MVP straw poll, which, uh, which uh, Tim Bontemps likes to do a few times a year, has come out and has Joel Embiid 
in the lead, uh, which I think is probably correct. I mean, typically the, mm-hmm. the part of it, narrative is part of it as usual in the MVP race. And the 76ers have been one of the pleasant surprises of the season. They've been better than we thought they would be. So that the fact that they've exceeded expectations, that's going to create a little extra int- attention. But that also doesn't change the fact that he's been ridiculously good. I mean, averaging more points than minutes and all these things that he's been doing, he's very, very deserving of this slotting. Now, doesn't mean it's where it's going to end up by the end of the year. We have a long way to go, but the results of this, I say, yeah, totally accurate. And I think he's very deserving right now um, to currently be in the lead to be a back-to-back MVP in this situation. Yeah, the top five uh, in the straw poll voting, and to be clear, this includes some people who have actual votes, some people who who are just filling in uh, Mm -hmm. here, but it's just meant to be directional, right? It's just meant to give people a sense of, all right, where where could this thing be headed? Uh, Joel Embiid tops 848 points. Uh, he had 63 first place votes. That was three times as many as Nikola Jokic, who had 21 first place votes. He's second with 630 points. So he was well ahead. So it's really Embiid with a big lead for first, Jokic with a pretty sizable lead for second. Then it gets tighter. Then it was Giannis. SGA and Luca in the top five. Mm. Those guys round out the top five. Um, they they are there. And then after that, it's guys like Jason Tatum, Tyrese Halliburton, Anthony Edwards, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Darren Fox, and Rudy Gobert. But they are all so far away, it's not even close. Like Luca was fifth with 306 total points, and then Tatum is sixth with 48. That's not to say Tatum or Anthony Edwards or Durant or LeBron couldn't jump in there. This is a basically a third of the way through the season straw poll. It's just a, Hey, where would you vote right now today? For example, somebody out of the hundred voters didn't put Embiid on their ballot at all. Didn't have him in the top five, which Which is probably probably just a mistake. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So I think, you know, I'm seeing a lot of outrage and people getting mad and all that stuff. For me, I thought it actually made a lot of sense. And in the order it was listed, I, I might have had SGA over Giannis, but that's a you know minor quibble. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I don't even know that I feel all that strongly about it. So right. Embiid right now, and maybe Embiid comes back to the pack when the schedule gets a little bit harder. Maybe uh, Jokic and the Nuggets collectively start to care a little bit more because it looks like they're fully in that, eh, we're the champs now, now we know what it we're takes. Cruise. Got to get there, you know, be ready to go in April. Um so yeah, a lot can and will change, but it's worth putting out there because I thought it was an interesting, uh, you know, setup right now for where. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? 
You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, it's, you know, this can change a lot. In fact, as I recall, I think this time last year, it was Jason Tatum that was at the top. And we know that's not yeah. how that how that ultimately wound, wound up. So there's a long way to go here and a lot can still change. But right now, I mean, I think, and again, you can quibble over, you know, SGA versus Giannis. And, all, and that, that's yeah. part of why this kind of stuff comes out. So people can get upset and in their feelings about things. <laughs> yeah. But but in general, I, I thought this was pretty, pretty well done overall. I agree. Um, all right, let's let's jump over to this. Uh, Brandon Clark expected to return around the All Star break. Memphis getting a little healthier. Still have a ways to go to get Clark back, but but nonetheless, uh, you got John Morant back, which by the way had that ridiculous buzzer beater uh, to win the game in his return. And I mean, Memphis has got to be right now just targeting that ten seed and being the team that nobody wants to see in the first round if they can make it through the play in. And again, that's not completely out of the question. But getting job back was a big, big deal for them. And now if you can get Brandon Clark back, maybe that adds a little bit more fuel to the fire as you try to make a post-All-Star break push. Yeah, we said it when we talked all about Jock coming back, try to make up a game a week. Well, we're there right now. They were seven and a half out. They're now six and a half out. And you know, we'll see. They, they've got a lot of work to do to get there and to push and to try to climb up the standings. But yeah, Brandon Clark will certainly help this team. They've been pretty thin up front uh, all year. I think uh, Bismack Biombo has done basically as well as you could have expected. Jaron Jackson Jr. is obviously great. Uh, I think he's been much better offensively than we've ever seen him at any point in his career. And I think Santi Aldama is a good player, but get one more big in that mix. And that'd be Brandon Clark. And now all of a sudden you're looking pretty good. If you're Memphis and maybe there's a trade or two you could make, we'll see. Uh, mm-hmm. It feels like we're starting to stray into, we've talked about this for five years and it hasn't happened. So maybe it never will uh, with the Grizzlies, but yeah, getting Brandon Clark back is big. And this is also good for Brandon Clark, right? This means then if we're talking about it, this doesn't seem like an Aaron Rodgers situation where it seems like that was just based out of, complete nothingness of yeah i'll be back before the end of the year when everybody else was like what like no one returns from that this seems like it's a little more real because it, it'll been about a year since clark got injured i mean with with rogers they they cleared him now to, to actually return to practice it's just the jets are so bad what's the point yeah. in bringing him back and and their offensive line is non-existent so what, all that's going to happen is if you if you bring back rod and this is a totally different discussion obviously <laughs> but but you bring him back he's gonna get hurt again 
Right. I mean, they don't have anybody to protect them. Like, I doubt he's even actually ready. Probably, probably not. He'd be out there on one leg mostly, and it would be. But yes, it. Um. Whatever. All right. Let's. Speaking (laughs) of returns, though. Speaking of returns, gosh, the Jets are hard to watch. Um, (laughs) Why would you? Why would you? You're not a the Jets team, fan. Teams' fantasy players depend uh, are, are dependent on this. It's the playoffs yeah, right now. This is the problem with fantasy football, my man. That's got you watching and living and dying with Jets games on a Sunday afternoon. I, well, fortunately, I'm not in that situation personally, <laughs> but but nonetheless, yes. Right, we, we in the tri-state area. <laughs> ben Simmons going to get reevaluated in two weeks. Usual disclaimer, reevaluate does not mean return, but at least suggests that he's getting closer to a return. Again, again, feels like we've been saying it for years. I I just I hope he can get things back on track, get back to even be 80% of what he once was, because that's still a pretty damn good player. Um yeah. It, I thought it, I thought we were down, we were heading down the right path to start this season, Keith, and, and then everything got derailed with the back stuff. I I hope he can get back at some point, but at this point, I'm just I'm just not holding my breath. Yeah, and the update from the Nets showed said he's shown uh, continuous improvement in strength uh, in his back. So hopefully that's you know, where we're going. But we've said it over and over again. Back injuries are one of those things where you could be fine for a month and then it just goes and then you're done. And then mm-hmm. you're out again for weeks, if not months after that. So hopefully he, we get Ben Simmons back in there and he's you know able to just kind of keep things moving. But you know, it's I'm with you. I think a little bit of let's I'll believe it when I see it, and let's just you know, all right, whatever we get out of you, we get out of you, but we'll we'll see where that all goes. All right, the Cavs and Ricky Rubio are discussing his future. Sound, most of the the media slant so far has has suggested there's going to be a parting of ways here. How do you see the situation playing out with with Rubio Cleveland? He was a good fit there at one point, then obviously he's been dealing with his own issues since then. What's going to happen here? Yeah. And we don't know to be clear. Rubio has a $6.1 million contract for this year. He's got 6.4 million next year and it's, but it's guaranteed for about 4.3 million. So the little bit of non-guarantee in that second season, the reporting on this from Sham Sharania uh, was that, they were starting to talk about maybe a buyout or could mm-hmm. we just do a straight waiver? Could there be a trade that comes? It doesn't sound like Rubio. And we've had to this point, not that we're owed any by any means, we've had no clarity on what's actually going on. Like what beyond he's dealing with a personal issue. That's what has kept him out. Yeah. Uh, you know, some have said it's a mental health thing. Others have said there's something going on uh, family wise. We don't know, you know, it's in, in, just in my opinion, we don't really need to know. We just know he's not there and he has full support from the Cavs to be away. But what it's starting to sound like is he's not coming back this season. And if yeah. that's the case, that starts to change things for Cleveland. Now, I saw a couple of people say, well, of course, they're going to buy him out. They need a roster spot. They have all these guys out. They already have a roster spot open. So they have the ability to go get somebody right now, today, if they want mm-hmm. to. They could call somebody up and sign them. They could wait another couple weeks till 10-day contracts could be signed and sign somebody then. Where the Cavs are in position where they can fill this spot really kind of whenever they want. The The bigger thing to me is what this says is how, how do we want to go about it? Can we get him to take a lot less money? Give us some clearance under the luxury tax line because Cleveland, as it stands today, 
they're only 750k under the luxury tax. So that's a that's a line they probably would rather yeah. not pass if they can avoid it. So do we get a buyout? He gives some money back. We end up under the tax and off we go. Or, and I know this sounds heartless and cruel and all these other descriptions you can make. Maybe they trade him. They did this once before with Ricky Rubio. When yep. he was out for the year with a torn ACL, they put his contract into a deal that got them carousel vert. And the idea was, uh, hey, he's not going to play. So we're basically using you as a contract number for salary matching. They could very well do that again and then let whatever team acquires them deal with buying them out or just, hey, we're content to have you sit out the rest of the year or whatever it is. So a lot of paths here with Cleveland. But my guess is, if not by the trade deadline, shortly after, Ricky Rubio will not be on the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, they uh, they they must have a pretty good sense then, as you're saying, that he's not returning this season, which is unfortunate. There was a point where he yeah. was a really good veteran mentor guard, which, by the way, God, it feels like it was feels like it was yesterday that Rubio was drafted by the Wolves, and and here <laughs> we are. He waited but, a whole year for him to come play, and yep, uh, you know, yeah. he was just this fun. Remember, like we first saw him in those Olympics when he was like a teenager, and it's yep. like. Oh man, this kid's really something. Like he's gonna be good. Yeah, he and, and uh, to be quite honest, if he could play, Cleveland could really use him right now. Terrence yeah. Garland is out. Donovan Mitchell missed last night's game, which they somehow managed to win anyway. Uh, with, with that, speaking of, they beat the Utah Jazz. Jazz Pistons tonight. Can the Pistons get off the Schneid? Mm. Can they break the twenty-four game losing streak? The Jazz are not. They're they've already got a bunch of guys out. Laurie Markin is not playing either. So. This might be Detroit's best chance for a little bit. I think it is their best chance, but I'll tell you this, and I don't want Pistons fans to, you know, have their prolonging, you know, their their misery prolonged, but is winning one game going to change that? No. I say I say keep the streak going. If you're going to be bad, be exceptionally be bad. Be great bad. at it. <laughs> be great yeah. at it. Give the best bad massages to reference friends. Um this is um sorry, my wife watches that every day. But uh Yeah, we watch it every day at lunch. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's one of those easy just to flip on whatever type shows. Mm-hmm. But I I think yeah, keep the streak rolling. Why not? Set the set the record and then then go ahead and and, and win a game. But Tonight, I think, is probably their best shot. Or 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 the they're in the most danger of winning a game tonight. And they they're favored, I believe. I believe uh they're they're like two point favorites or something. Tonight. Are they? So, yeah. Which I, I think that was probably with the idea of marking and being out. But yeah. Does that oh you're right. They are favored by two and a half. Will that happen again this season, do you think? Uh the maybe at the end of the year when when teams are sitting guys and not yeah. really playing. Maybe we could see something like that. But yeah, it's it's probably going to be a while because, I mean, this is their most winnable game by far uh, in their next, uh, you know, good stretch of games, at least through the end of the calendar year. So That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Tough. All right. What's going in Detroit? Let's finish up with this. Austin Rivers, John Wall, working out for teams, looking to try to get back into the league. Keith, before we went on here, you mentioned to me that, that you've got a little something extra on this from what you've heard and all that. So what do, what do you have for us? Yeah, just I talked to some of the teams and some of the people who were in the gym watching. To be clear, I was not, but I know people who were there said they both looked pretty good physically, um, which is good for the point where they they both are is, you know, age-wise and in their careers. And then in Wall's case with the you know, number of injuries he's had, uh, nobody necessarily came out of it saying, got to sign him tomorrow. Yeah. But uh, a lot of teams kind of, 
did their thought process on it was, yeah, maybe. And what we've seen, what we may see with these two guys is it used to be 10-day contracts only went to G League guys. It was only call-ups from the G League. That was the only guys who ever got those. Yeah, We have seen over the last probably about three to five years, veteran players who are trying to prove, hey, I can play, get me back in the league, get me on a roster. They'll take a couple 10 days to show it to a team. Hey, bring me in, keep me for a few weeks. I'll show you I can still play. And then you'll want to keep me around. We have seen guys do that. So I think that could be the way back for uh, the Rivers or Wall. But but we'll see. I, I don't necessarily expect it. But roster spots open up post-trade deadline, things like mm-hmm. that. Maybe maybe we could see a team say, you know, I just need a veteran guard who, if, if I need them, can give me 10 minutes that I can trust that they're going to do what they can do. So sure. well, we'll, we'll keep an eye on this one for sure. But I wouldn't expect anything in the next week or two. No, yeah, wouldn't expect anything to be imminent, but I mean, just something to kind of keep an eye on. And and that's the whole point of a workout like this. It's just yep. so teams, you know, at some point, a couple of weeks from now or something, they go, man, we could really use a point guard. Oh, hey, didn't we go to that thing with, with John? You know, that's and that is the point of this, just to kind of be fresh in the in the mind and and be front and center for some of these teams. And we'll see if either guy can kind of battle their way back into the NBA. Certainly something we'll monitor. All right. Well, Keith, we had a lot to get through today. Yeah. I think we covered it all pretty pretty efficiently. I think so, too. Good, good for us. Good for us. Thank <laughs> you, everybody, for joining us. Make sure that you do subscribe right here to the NBA Front Office Show on YouTube and, of course, over on the podcast side, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, tomorrow is our yeah. live show. Yeah, for we'll have, Friday. Are we going to give out gifts tomorrow? Yeah, I think so. Well, we'll let's see how the show goes. If it... If if we need, we'll have it prepared. We uh, what we did last year was I think uh, I think I did the West teams, you did the East teams, or something like that. I don't know. We had we had some fun with I, it, but you know, I think we just maybe we alternated. I don't. I would have to go maybe, back and look at the know. episode to figure remember. it out. But yeah, but we'll 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 do something if we need to to do that. Otherwise, we'll uh, you know, talk news, take all the questions, have a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a little, little Christmas themed episode tomorrow of uh, Front Office Friday, and uh, turn on those notifications so you know when we go live. And I, it's funny, I keep seeing in the comments where people are like, "Why does it take so long for this video to load?" It's because it's a live show. We're trying to give people a couple minutes to get yes. in the room before we start. So because we all know the reason you come, so you don't miss the yell. That's right. right. Got to give you a few minutes notice. Got to be there. Got to be there. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Till tomorrow. See ya. And stay safe.